You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to have you here. Uh, Those of you in person or watching online, uh, we're just so grateful. And uh, before we jump into God's Word, I want to celebrate something really cool. Uh, Throughout this year, once a month, we're going to be having something called Serve Saturdays, which is an opportunity to serve our community, serve a need. Maybe you've never gone on a mission trip before, or or, uh, you're like, man, I'm still checking church thing out. Uh, This is a great opportunity just to give back in a very small amount of time. And yesterday we had a small team of people uh, that went and helped uh, a single mom in our area that we had helped at Christmas time with gifts. And uh, she's had a number of issues in her her house, and uh, we were able to help them. You'll see some pictures here of some of the team, what they were doing. We were able to replace a garage door opener, uh, block windows that were cracked in her basement, a ceiling fan, a a cracked uh, um, sink top. Some wiring issues, some other small things, but so grateful for the team that was part of that. What what I'm more grateful uh, for is that we get to be part of a church, that we get to do this together. That not all of you are able to be there for that, but we get to do this together. We all get to celebrate and serve uh, those in need in our community. So thank you. Uh, Our next Serve Saturday is going to be coming up February 27th. If you you keep an eye out, you'll see uh, some of the opportunities to do that and to serve and to make a difference, whatever that might look like in each month. We're going to be having these Serve Saturdays throughout the year to really give back and to serve. And um, I know this has been a hard year for so many, 2020 was, and this is a chance to say, you know what? We're going to give back. We're, we're going to do what, what we can in the time that we have and the effort and the energy that we have. We want to give back. Uh, so today, we're, uh, we're continuing a series we started last week called uh, A Hybrid Faith. And I don't know how many of you love pinatas. Any of you like pinatas? Those of you with kids, you're cringing right now. You think of the sugar highs and all that it entails. Pinatas are awesome, aren't they? They are so much fun. Um, uh, we get to... What I love about pinatas is you get to break something and your reward is candy. I mean, how amazing is that? Breaking something rewards candy. I think uh, our society might benefit from some adult-sized pinatas right now. You know, get some of that aggression out, that anger, that frustration, and you get rewarded with Snickers bars or something. Like, how, cra- how, how awesome would that be? Um, I, I don't know if you've ever uh, had a pinata, maybe at a friend's house or school or somewhere like that, where um, you like break open the pinata and you're so disappointed because there's barely anything in it. There's not much in it. Um, where you break it open, nothing really comes out. You end up having to, to kind of rip the head off like some savage beast and shake it just to get a few smarties to fall out. Um, that is no fun at all. Um, today, I want to break a pinata open. Is that okay? Are we allowed to do that? For those of you watching online, I'm sorry, but um, I'm sending you virtual Hershey kisses. Virtual Tootsie Rolls. There we go. You got virtual ones. Good vibes and virtual Tootsie Rolls. That's what we're going for today. Um, We're going to break this thing open, and uh, I have a point here. It's not just about breaking open pinatas, but uh, I have my grandfather's old baseball bat. Um, So we're going to see if this is going to work. And uh, we didn't test this out because you can't test out a pinata, right? I mean, once it's done, it's done. So we're going to see how this is going to fly, and hopefully I don't destroy uh, anything. You ready? Can you guys count me down? You guys want to count down? That'd be fun. Three. Let's see if we can do this. Wow. All right. So, 
Pastor Pete packed that thing really well. He is a champ at this. Now I get to uh, walk around here. After church, you guys can come enjoy some candy. Don't tell your kids. Don't tell the kids. We've got candy. You can stuff in your pockets, eat it later when they're not looking. Um, uh, Pinatas are fun, aren't they? Man, that was a really good explosion. He did a good job of that. Man, man. I'm going to like crush some Tootsie Rolls here. All right. Uh, I, I don't know if you've had that disappointing feeling uh, before uh, where the, the biggest dude in the place at this birthday party walks up with a baseball bat. And you're like on the edge of your seat. Maybe this wasn't recently because if you had a pinata party that you went to at our age, you know, it would be kind of embarrassing, I guess. But, um, but maybe you look back as a kid and, and you're, you're on the edge of your seat or you're kind of standing there ready with your bag and you're ready to go. The biggest guy's up there with his bat. He pulls back, hits that thing like I just did and barely anything falls out. And, and you realize, oh man, the parents like spent all the money on the pinata and not enough on the candy. And uh, things don't go as well as you planned. Uh, and, and we love the explosion of candy, don't we? We love the explosion of good things. That, that when you take a swing and you hit that pinata, some really sweet things come out. Some really good things come out. Maybe it's full of Reese's peanut butter cups as I would enjoy. Whatever it might be. Uh, but as disappointing as it is, you know, we love it when candy flies out of a pinata. But there are a lot of different areas where things uh, spill out or, or overflow, and some of them can create a pretty rough situation for us. Here's a, here's a few. Like, if you've ever had this when you're changing your oil, and you get all the oil, the old oil in that drip pan, and you accidentally spill a little bit all over your sidewalk or your driveway or your yard, like, you just killed the yard that you just spent hours and hours manicuring and making it look perfect. Or, or, or when you're ready to clean your kitchen floor, you fill the bucket with that hot water and pledge and you're carrying it to the kitchen, and you accidentally spill some of it on the carpet. Or worse, after you've cleaned the kitchen floor, you're walking it back to the sink, and you spill the dirty pledge water on the, on the carpet. Maybe you've been guilty of that. It's, it's no fun. Now, now have, have you ever had a bad day at work where you come home, and uh, you end up yelling at your spouse, your kids, you kind of blow up on them, not because they actually did anything wrong, but because your, your bad day at work is overflowing into your home life. I've been there myself. I'm guilty of that. You see, things overflow in our lives all the time. Sometimes it's really good, like a pinata, and really good things, but sometimes it's kind of ugly. And here's what I want to talk to you about today, briefly. What if, what if our lives could be more like a well-stuffed pinata than a nasty oil pan when they overflow? When, when things overflow in your life, what if it actually brought joy, happiness, and goodness to those around you? Uh, wouldn't that be an awesome thing? Wouldn't that be an incredible thing in our world? Uh, well, this is actually the hope that Jesus had for us. Maybe not that we'd specifically be like a pinata, but that, that, that our lives would overflow with good things because of what we ultimately deposited inside of them. Here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 43. He said this, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings things out of the evil stirred up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And I want to uh, add one addendum to that last sentence. A mouth speaks what the heart is full of, but, can I also add, 
your fingers and hands type what the heart is full of as well. That there are certain things. Oh, we're changing mics here. Thank you. Oh, wow. Is that better? I have no idea. Um, so what, what happens is the, the things that we say, the things that we type, the things that we do, they're really a reflection of what we've deposited on the inside, what we've put on the inside. In other words, we can wear these superficial masks, put up a good front at church or at work or wherever we go, but what's actually on the inside is going to determine what overflows from your life. What's in there? No matter how great the outside looks, if it's full of rotten tomatoes and spoiled milk, it's going to stink. I don't care how nice of a smiley face your pinata looks like. If it's full of nasty things, it's still full of nasty things. They're still going to come out. You see, what if we focused just as much effort on what's on the inside as we do as, a, as with the, on the outside? Maybe you've heard us talk about this before, that we exist as a church to lead people into an overflowing life with Jesus. Like, what does that mean? Is that just some statement we like to recite or say? What does the whole overflowing with Jesus thing mean? It means that we believe strongly that we should be so full of Jesus in our lives that when we overflow, something good flows out and changes everything it touches. That we should be so full of Jesus in our lives that, that when we get bumped and we kind of spill a little bit of what's on the inside, it's good. It changes people. It impacts them. I've had the unfortunate experience, maybe you have too, where I've been using bleach. I get a little bit of bleach on my pants. And no matter how hard you scrub, it's not going to change anything. Those pants, years and years later, still have the marks of that bleach. It's still there. The result is they're forever changed. No matter how much I clean them or try to clean them, they're always going to be that way. They're forever marked. In the same way, what if we as followers of Jesus were so full of Jesus that we'd spill the goodness of God into others' lives in such a way that it leaves this unmistakable mark that endures for years? What if we could follow Jesus in that kind of way? And Jesus shared this dream in something he was sharing to the religious leaders in John's gospel in chapter 10, verse 10. He, he made this statement. He said, the thief comes to only steal and kill and destroy. What Jesus is saying here is, is Satan, his goal, his, his hope is to, to take all, steal all of the candy out of that pinata, so to speak. Take all the good things out. Steal, kill, and destroy. To ruin it. But, this is Jesus' vision, his goal. I have come that they may have life. And, and I love that he could stop there and there could be a period, but there's not, there's a comma. And he said, and have it to the full. See, Jesus' desire isn't just that you would make it through life and survive, that, that you'd make it one more day, that, that you'd endure. That's not his desire. His desire is that you'd thrive, that you'd be full, overflowing. We've all been guilty of imagining this journey of following Christ is simply about the things we do on the outside. Like if I can just say the right things, dress the part, look the part. And while that can be important to actually overflow with good, godly things, you have to first cultivate those good, godly things on the inside of your life. Because ultimately, what's on the inside is going to come out. I'll say it this way, you can't stuff your pinata with rotten tomatoes and expect Reese's cups. As awesome as that would be, it doesn't work like that. You have to cultivate the right things. The, the Apostle Paul illustrated this really well in a letter he wrote to the Galatian church. It's found in Galatians chapter 5. And he kind of compares and contrasts 
the things we're cultivating, the things that are on the inside of our lives. Here's what he says in verse 19. He said, the acts of the flesh are obvious. So he's, he's talking about the things that we do naturally. Like we don't have to try. They almost just come naturally. The, the acts of the flesh, they're obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness and orgies and the like. I'll, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, if you're, will, if you're putting bad in, you're going to get bad out. No matter how you dress up a pig, it's still a stinky pig, right? No matter how much you try to, to, to make the outside look good, if the inside's not, if you're not cultivating the right things on the inside, eventually it's going to come out. 2020, for so many in our society, it came out. It came out and it was ugly. And, and people kept up the good front until things got rough. Because when you're backed into a corner, when you're squeezed, what's on the inside ultimately is going to come out. And Paul's saying, if, if you're so concerned, worry about what's on the inside. Cultivate that. And here's what he contrasts it with. In verse 22, he said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Why do we have laws? We have laws to keep on the outs- things on the outside in the right place. Why is he saying there's no law? It means we just live in anarchy? No, because if you cultivate the right things on the inside, if you have the fruit of the Spirit, you're going to do the right things because you've cultivated the right things. He goes on, he says, uh, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, those bad things, you've killed it with its passion and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. You see, if, we, if rather than filling your life with bad things, you are cultivating God's word, his promises, his desires for you, you will see what Paul calls the fruit of the Spirit overflow in your life. If you see that list in verse 22 and 23, I mean, those are things that, man, our world would be such a better place if we saw those more present. If we saw love and joy, peace, forbearance, otherwise known as patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, some self-control. If we saw those things evident in our world, man, our world would be a better place. So how do we see those? Do we just you know, discipline ourselves and say, I'm going to work towards those. Well, you can, but in the end, you're not cultivating the right things. See, as a church and as followers of Jesus, we should be overflowing with the goodness of God, with the fruit of the Spirit. This doesn't just mean we're hiding God's Word in our hearts or just, just, just taking uh, just enough time in the presence of God to get by, but that we are so full of God that we naturally overflow into those around us. That, that, that we are so full Pastor Pete was packing this uh, earlier with candy, and like he's like, I can't stuff any more candy in there. I, I, I got it all in there. I'm like, that's exactly what we want. That's the best pinatas, right? The best pinatas are the ones that are packed full. You don't have to shake the leg, the head, or whatever just to get some candy out of it. It just explodes because it's packed. It's ready to go. One little hit, and it explodes. Here's what God wants for you. Not that you're one little fuse, and you're going to explode and blow up on everybody. That's how we've been. But one little touch in the love, grace, peace, 
patience, goodness, the, the self-control just oozes out of you, that, that it impacts in a good way everything it touches. That's what God wants for us, that we overflow with what God has put on the inside. Not that we are so disciplined that we keep all of that in and we don't let anybody in because we're afraid of what they might think of us if they see how messed up we are on the inside. But that we've cultivated the presence of God, the word of God in our hearts. And there's a few ways I believe that we, we overflow. And I think it's important to be specific here because you know, that, that idea can be really broad that we should overflow in, in what God wants in the fruit of the spirit. But here's three specific ways I believe as followers of Jesus we should overflow. We should overflow first relationally. What I, what I mean by that, it's where, where we are willing to actually be friendly with people because we cultivate good relational health in our lives. I know that sounds so incredibly elementary and basic, but, but I think we need that. That we can actually be friendly. We can be friendly to people because we're overflowing with this relational health. It, it breaks my heart to see the anger, the malice, and disregard for others that's happened even more significantly over these past months by people in general, but especially by followers of Jesus in person and online, on social media. We've, we've forgotten that even those on the other side are still people that God loves and died for. We've forgotten we should be overflowing with relational health. That's what Jesus did. He didn't come after people because they, were, they believed differently or they looked differently or they talked differently. Or they, he, didn't, he didn't attack them. He built relationship. He reached across the aisle. He reached across the divide and he built a relationship. This is what the Apostle Paul did. If you read about the Apostle Paul's life in the New Testament, he built relationships with the guards that were armed and, and, protect, and, keep, and keeping an eye on him so he doesn't get loose. He built relationships with them. He built relationships with the, the, the Caesar's guard. He built relationships with people who, who maybe didn't like him. Why? Because he overflowed with relational health. He overflowed relationally. We aren't called as followers of Jesus to make a point, to always be right, or to rub things in others' faces. We're not called to do that. Whether it's in person or online, we should overflow with the love and grace of Jesus relationally, no matter where it is. Whether it's online or in person, we should overflow relationally. The second thing, we should overflow financially. Does that mean that we're all super wealthy? No, not at all. But we should be generous with what we've been given, what we've been entrusted with. Meaning that what we have ultimately doesn't have us. But we use it to overflow the blessings of God into someone else's life. Whether, whether that's here in church, whether that's buying someone's groceries at the grocery store, whether that's being the neighbor that all the kids know, knock on their door, they're going to buy the candy bar. They're going to buy the candle. Whatever sports team or activity they're doing. That, that, that house, they'll always buy it. Not because you're the you know, angry, stingy one in your neighborhood that is like, I don't need one more candle. I, I hate those candy bars. They're nasty. You give them the five bucks for the candy bar. I remember when it was a dollar. Man, things have changed. But you give them whatever it is, and you get the candle. You get the candle. Because why? You're overflowing financially. It's not about what has us. It's about what we have, what God has entrusted us with. We should overflow with the blessings of God. As followers of Jesus, we should be the most generous people because God was so generous to us. He gave to us what we didn't deserve, what we didn't earn. He blessed us with salvation. He's blessed us with far more than we deserve. 
You've got a roof over your head, food on the table. We are so incredibly blessed. And God didn't just bless us because we're the center of the universe. He blessed us so that we could pass it on, pay it forward. We could be a blessing to others. That's why I love seeing things like we talked about earlier, the serve Saturday where, where, hey, got a few hours, let's go make a difference in someone's life. Oh man, got a few extra bucks, let me go help someone. Pay for that person's gas at that pump. Looks like they might need it. it Maybe God just prompts you. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. Hey, hey, I'm gonna go bless that person with a $10 bill or I'm gonna go pay for that person's coffee or I'm gonna pay for the person behind me in the drive-thru. Whatever it is, that we overflow with the blessings of God, not for our recognition, not so that we can get touted and, and you know, go viral or whatever, but so that we can point people to Jesus we, because we overflow what we've cultivated on the inside. The third way, we, we overflow relationally, financially. We should overflow spiritually. It doesn't mean we're on the street corners beating people over the head with a Bible, but it does mean that we, should, we shouldn't isolate our faith like it's COVID or something. Like, oh, I gotta keep this, this is a private thing. I don't want anyone to know I'm a follower of Jesus. If you open your Bible, that, that doesn't line up with anything you read. It doesn't mean you have to, you know, punch people in the face with Jesus. But it does, also doesn't mean that you have to isolate it. It's okay to be a follower of Jesus, even if it's not acceptable in society. This, this means that we're willing to actually pray for someone in our workplace that genuinely needs it. Not in an awkward, weird way, but you actually, you can, you can pause in your lunchroom or in your cubicle, in your office, and actually pray for someone. You're allowed to do that. Or, or, or it means that, that, that you're okay having a real, honest, spiritual conversation with someone about how Jesus has changed your life, how he's impacted your life. You don't have to walk away from that or keep shy away from that because we should overflow spiritually. What, what God is doing in your life, what you're cultivating in your life, should overflow. It's not meant to be kept to yourself. I, I don't know if you've ever done this. Hopefully you haven't. Um, but it would be so stupid and idiotic to go to the store, buy bags and bags of candy, stuff a pinata, and then hang it up in your closet and walk away. That'd be like, how insane would that be? Why would you waste the candy? <laughs> like, there's nothing more tragic than walking up to a trash can and seeing a bunch of Reese's peanut butter cups still in the wrappers sitting down there. Like, that is a crime. You should be thrown into like Willy Wonka's prison or something. But this is what we do. This is what we do with what Jesus has done in us. We don't cultivate it, and it doesn't overflow. We, we like keep it to ourselves like it's all for me. God is changing us, and he's changed us so that we could overflow relationally. So that, that you can have good relationships, even, even with people that you don't see eye to eye with, even with people that you disagree with, even with people that, that, that rub you the wrong way, that we could be relational. Overflow relationally. We could overflow financially. Not that you're, you know, made of money. Money grows on trees. Not, not that you're, you know, overflowing with more money than you know what to do with. But that you recognize what God has given you isn't just for you. It's for others. It's to make a difference. To be a blessing. We should overflow spiritually. The Holy Spirit's cultivating things in your life. He's changed you. Just look back. Is your life different compared to now as opposed to what it was like before you met Jesus? If that's the case... Don't hold that in. Share that with someone. Here's the deal. None of this happens accidentally. 
None of it. Sure, we might overflow or spill a little Jesus on those around us in usually unexpected moments, but unexpected isn't accidental. Those are two different things. We overflow with what we are intentionally investing in our lives. We overflow with what we're investing in our lives. This whole idea of a hybrid faith this month is is recognizing that following Jesus isn't just about looking the part on the outside, dressing the part, acting the part, talking the part. It's about recognizing Jesus changes us from the inside out. He changes us completely, holistically. That that when we focus on the inside, eventually the outside is going to be changed as well. In fact, some of Jesus' strongest words were toward the religious elite of his day with his very idea. Here's what he said in Matthew's gospel, chapter 23, verse 27. These are strong words. He said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Now, he's talking to like the most religious people of his day. These are the ones that had it all together. Whatever you picture as being the most religious people in today's day and age, this is who they were. They were the most, they had it all together. They, they wore the right clothes, said the right things, drove the right car. They, they did everything you would expect a religious person to do in that time. And he's saying, woe to you, hypocrites, hypocrites. You, you do this one way, but you're doing this behind closed doors. For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. What's he saying? He's saying, you are the best looking pinata. You got the big smiley face, spun around. There we go. You got the big smiley face. Everything looks great. But on the inside, you're full of broccoli and Brussels sprouts. Whatever it is for you. This is what he's saying. He's saying, man, you looked apart, guys. You got it all together. You got it all figured out. Everything looks great and grand. But what you, you're not cultivating anything on the inside. What you're actually cultivating on the inside is evil. It's dead. There's nothing living there. As followers of Jesus in 2021, our world doesn't need more Christian examples. Doesn't need more people acting the part. What it needs is more people that are so full of Jesus that they overflow online, on social media, in person, at work, at school, wherever. They overflow with the fruit of the Spirit. That's what we need. If you want to get back to it, that's what it is. We're not cultivating the right things on the inside. It's time, I believe, we stop seeing this journey of following Jesus as simply an outward thing. Simply simply about what we look like on the outside, our actions or our attitudes. And recognize we often have deeper heart issues that need to be addressed before we'll ever see the fruit of the Spirit Paul talked about flow out of us. If we're not willing to take the time to do that. As we close, as the worship team comes, I want to ask you three simple questions. And then I have one small, simple step I think we can all take together this week. Number one, what is overflowing from your life? What's overflowing from your life? Think back. This might not be a a good thing. Maybe it is a good thing. I don't know. I want you to think back maybe this afternoon. Scan over the things you've posted in the last few months. Just, Just, you know, go to your Facebook page, Instagram, whatever. Scan over the things you've posted the last few months. Reflect back on your interactions, maybe with family members or coworkers, maybe those who live in your neighborhood. If someone didn't know you and looked at what's present there, would they see Jesus through you? Like if they didn't know anything about you, but they just looked at what you posted, 
They just looked at how you interacted with those around you. Would they know that, man, there's Jesus on the inside there? Would they see Jesus through you? What, what is overflowing from your life? What is overflowing from your life? Second question, what are you investing into your life? Has your source become TV, YouTube, social media, the news? If you're confused by what's overflowing from your life, look at what you're investing into your life. Jesus said in Luke 6.45, for the mouth speaks ultimately what the heart is full of. Whatever you, whatever you put in, whatever you put in ultimately is gonna come out. The things that you're investing, you're depositing, they're ultimately gonna come out. Take time to flip the script in your life. Rather than spending hours perusing social media, binge watching YouTube, maybe open your YouVersion app. Spend some time investing God's word into your heart. Or, or take time to talk to God about all your problems instead of your hundreds of closest Facebook friends. I, I promise you, the result's gonna be a little different because you're investing the right things into your heart. You're investing the right things into your life. Number Question number one is what is overflowing from your life? Number two, what are you investing into your life? And number three, what do you need to change? What do you need to change? And, and I would argue that we probably all need to change some things. I don't think there's a single person, you know, that's got it all figured out and it's perfect. What, what changes do you need to make in your normal routines of life and the things you are doing or not doing? What, what steps do you need to take to change what you're investing into your life and consequently flowing, overflowing out of your life? What do you need to change? Can I, can I just give you a suggestion? If, if you're not part of a group, there's a step. Really simple. You don't have to even come in person. We, we can do it on Zoom. Like, are you investing? Are you having people pour into your life? Are you being challenged by God's word? What needs to change in your life? And finally, I want to share one small step this week that we can all take together. I want you to be intentional every morning to invest one Bible-inspired, Jesus-centered thing into your life. I'm not going to even tell you what, here, I'll, I'll give you some, some suggestions, but one Bible-inspired, Jesus-centered thing in your life every morning. Maybe that's opening the Bible, reading from God's Word. Maybe it's going through a Bible reading plan, the Version Bible app, whatever. Maybe it's just open the book of John and just reading a few verses every day. Maybe that's spending some time in prayer where, where you're talking to God. You're sharing what's on your heart. You're, 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 you're letting him speak to you. Maybe that's taking some time to worship. Just put some worship music on and just taking time to worship as we did earlier. One Bible-inspired, Jesus-centered thing every morning. Invest it into your life. Because here's the deal. What we invest will determine what will overflow. The things that we're willing to invest into our heart eventually are gonna be what overflows. What we invest will determine what will overflow. If you wanna see better things in 2021 overflow in your life, we can't control the world. We can't control society. We don't know what's gonna happen. We, we don't have control of that. But I promise you, you can control what happens around you if you invest the right things. And generally, those things aren't invested for all to see. It's invested in those quiet times, those private moments, those times at home when no one's around, no one's cheering you on, no one's saying, man, you're doing an awesome job, but you're on your knees before God praying. You're sitting on your couch reading through 
the book of James. No, no one's looking in those moments, but you're investing, you're cultivating the right things. That's how God changes the, what overflows so that we can't overflow relationally, we can't overflow financially, we can't overflow spiritually. As we prepare to close here this morning, I'm gonna pray in a minute. And here's what's remarkable about what God does for us. You know, it can sound almost like everything's on us. Like we, if we don't invest the right things, we're never gonna have the right life. That's not true though. Here's what's amazing. This is kind of the hard left of what God does in our lives. He starts to deposit things unbeknownst to us that we didn't even ask for or realize if we're willing to start taking steps toward him. Like you put one handful of candy in the pinata, he puts five. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was, how did I get, how did I get so much candy in there? I just put one, one handful. He, he starts pouring into our life. If you take one step, he's gonna take five steps towards you. Maybe some of you here in person or maybe you're online, you're like, man, Nick, you're, you're like way over my head here. I am such a mess. I don't care how much I cultivate or invest the right things. I'm so far from where I need to be. Like, there's no way God even loves me. And God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for us so that he could deposit his grace into our hearts, into our lives. Even when we didn't deserve it, even when we didn't earn it, he deposits his grace in us. And, and I don't want to move forward from today without giving opportunity to say, you know what? I want to take that step toward Jesus. I want to watch what he can do in my life. That he can take my screwed up, messed up, broken life, put it back together and begin to deposit the good things, his grace, his mercy, his love, those fruits of the spirit. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Lord, I thank you for another day you've given us. God, I thank you that each day is a new day, a day to reflect on your goodness, but Lord, a day to be transformed, even when we don't deserve it, even when we've made mistakes, maybe we're not proud of things we've done or said, but God, I thank you that you forgive us. God, that each day is a day to make a choice, a decision to follow you. God, I pray for those that are here, or those watching online that, They've never taken a step to follow you. Maybe they don't even think it's possible. Holy Spirit, I pray that you begin to just speak to them and press on their hearts, Lord. That one baby step, Lord, toward you will result in five more steps of you coming toward us. God, begin to deposit your grace in us. As you're continuing to pray this morning, if you're here, maybe you're watching online, you say, man, Nick, I wanna follow Jesus. I, I wanna take that baby step. I don't know what that looks like. I, I'm not a saint. I don't have it all figured out. I'm not sure I'm a religious person. And now we're not talking about being religious people because Jesus spoke against a lot of the religious people of his day. It's about following Jesus. It's about depositing the right things in your heart. Maybe you're here today and you're watching online and you'd say, Nick, I need to take that step. As your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, you're at, at home, if that's you, I'm gonna count the three in a minute. Wherever you are, I just want you to reach your hand toward heaven. Well, what is that? It's not something super spiritual. It's you taking that little baby step. It's you physically saying, you know what, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you. You know what, Jesus, I wanna take that step. I'm not perfect and I'm not gonna be perfect today or tomorrow, but I'm gonna start working toward it. I'm gonna start taking little baby steps in that direction and watching you deposit your grace as I take steps towards your purpose. That's you this morning, count of three. One, two, three. I just want you to reach your hand toward heaven. If you're here or watching online, 
you can put your hands down this morning. And we're going to pray together. Not some magic formula or super high spiritual prayer, but just a conversation with God that I want to lead you in. That's all prayer is. My hope is that this is the first of many, many conversations you have with God as you share what's on your heart, the good and the bad. Would you all pray this prayer with me together, whether you're here in person or online? Pray this with me. Use your, use your words. Dear God, thank you for loving me just as I am. Thank you for not giving up on me. Today, I take this one step toward you to accept your forgiveness of my past and the mistakes I've made and to commit to live for your purposes. Give me the strength and the courage to follow you all the days of my life and to show your love to the world around me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. For those of you here in person, if you prayed that prayer and you're like, man, I'm beginning this journey, I wanna encourage you to, to, to talk to someone at the Welcome Center and let them know or let someone know. If you're watching a line, if you text new to Jesus to 55498, you can get connected and we're gonna help you continue that journey. It's 55498, new to Jesus. And we're so blessed to get to gather together in person, virtually online. When I look at this year, you know, we're about three-fourths or almost through January. You know, next Sunday is the last day of January. As we look at the remaining 11 months of 2021, here's my hope for us. It's not that everything's going to go perfect. Everything's going to happen just the way you'd planned and hoped for it to happen. I know that's what we'd want. We want everything like, okay, we got all the bad stuff out of the way in 2020. Let's get all the good stuff in 2021. That doesn't mean there's not going to be good things. Here's my hope. My hope is that when you're squeezed, when you're backed in the corner, my hope is that in those moments you bump into different people or different situations, that some Jesus comes out. Not, Not anger, not malice, not all the things that Paul described in Galatians 5, but the little Jesus would spill out of your life. People might even be surprised by the impact and the mark that it leaves, that maybe it sticks with them for the rest of their lives. That's what God wants to do in your life. God wants to use you to overflow into someone's else, someone else's life. But you gotta focus on what's, what you're investing. The overflowing will happen. You can't make that happen, it just happens. You gotta focus on what you're investing. If we can invest the right things, the right things will flow out. God will use it to change people's lives, to change our world. Before we go this morning, I just wanna pray that God would just use you, bless you, and do mighty things through you. Lord, I thank you for another day you've given us. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. God, even when we're so undeserving of it, you extend it to us. God, begin to deposit the right things in our hearts, Lord. God, as we take uh, maybe baby steps by opening our, uh, your, your, your word, Lord, every morning, by spending time in prayer and in worship, Lord. God, as we take those steps to invest the right thing, God, I pray that you will overwhelm us and do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. God, as we leave this place, as we go our separate ways to work and to school throughout this week and our neighborhoods, God, let us not walk in our own power or ability. Let us walk in your power, your ability. Go before us, equip us. Well, to overflow, overflow the goodness of God, the word of God, the presence of God, and everything we encounter and meet. Thank you, God, for what you're gonna do. I thank you, Jesus, that you are still working in 2021, just as you've been doing for thousands of years. 
and that you're using us as that vehicle, as that conduit of what you're doing. Be with us, strengthen us, protect us. God is direct us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 